Hi, I'm Orla McNeilis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And this is The Recommendation Game, a weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch, and then we meet to discuss it. Uh, so this week's film is Judgment at Nuremberg from 1961, directed by Stanley Kramer, produced by Stanley Kramer, screenplay by Abby Mann, based on Judgment at Nuremberg, Playhouse 90 from 1959, also written by Abby Mann, uh, music by Ernest Gold, cinematography by Ernest Laszlo, and edited by Frederick Knudsen. Starring Spencer Tracy, Bert Lancaster, Richard Woodmark, Maximilian Schell, Werner Klemperer, Marlena Dietrich, Montgomery Clift, and Judy Garland. So, the IMDb synopsis is, In 1948, an American court in occupied Germany tries four Nazi judges for war crimes. Nice and simple. <laughs> Unlike the movie. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> this week's film was uh, chosen by Ricardo. Ricardo, why did you pick this three-hour film about the Nazis? Well, uh, we've chosen movies very differently as the, the reasoning for choosing the movie. We've chosen movies based on like uh, thinking that the other person might like it or mm. that the topics like will will create good conversation points or that you don't know what's going to be the other person's take and you're just interested. Which are the best episodes. <laughs> but in this case, I, I thought that we hadn't picked a movie purely in a topical basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering uh, what happened in the USA with the district courts and uh, the the way that the administra- current administration is trying to Looks sway the, the judiciary yeah. system. Yeah, there's and actually a nice little reference in here to the American judiciary, judicial system. To Oliver yeah, Wendell Holmes. Which is a nice little... But uh, I thought that it's a movie that... Uh, not that you might enjoy it. I don't think it's the kind of movie that you enjoy it, but... Uh, uh, every time that I watch it or think about it, and when I see Trump, I think <laughs> about this movie oh, a lot. Really? <laughs> and I'm one of the only people that I know that have seen the movie. So mm. I just wanted to drag somebody into the depression as well. Um, yeah, this is, considering the cast going on here, this is not a massively a popular but well-known movie. Like, it's, it's interesting that it's kind of... Um, so I'd, I'd never heard of this. Like, I'd heard of, like, um, what's the other Nuremberg movie? Uh, with Alec Baldwin from TNT. That is, uh, <laughs> the, the, as well, like, the other reason that I picked it is because it's not, uh, uh, it's voted quite a lot not as a war movie, but as one of the best trial movies. Yeah, it's not. It is, it is and it isn't really. It's not necessarily about the war. It's about the actual, like, um, occupation and the... the uh, Actually, uh, what's your take on the, the oh, movie well. before we, we get into it? I just want to know how, how what to deal with. To begin with, just as a final point, is that I think that is a, quite a slow movie and it is three hours long, but I don't think that I think that it warrants that running time mm. because otherwise the, the movie would have had uh, would have already oversimplified already had to oversimplify for the sake yeah, of drama yeah if you made it two hours it would have been way too simple for the themes that it's trying to get at yeah first of all um i would agree with you that it warrants being three hours long and what's actually um interesting about this is um i, I it didn't feel as long as it was at all like because i the version I had of it had like a little intermission in the middle and everything, which is kind of interesting. But um, it it did not feel three hours in the way that some films could be ninety minutes and feel interminable. <laughs> you know, like it it 
because um and this is one of the things i liked about it that um i think the way it's paced and the structure of it is quite interesting that it manages to kind of bring you in and out of the courtroom you're not it's not constantly you know you're you're getting those little breaks where um Spencer Tracy's character is off kind of learning more about Germans and Germans after the war, Germans during the war, etc. So I think that gives you nice little like uh, breaks in between. So it kind of it allows them to space it out so that the entire running time is used, but it's warranted that running time. So um, I definitely agree with you. I think it needs to be this long. But um, uh, yeah, um, I think what you were saying about um, the oversimplification of certain aspects of it. And I, I think that is... <laughs> one of the things that I had a kind of a problem with but could also understand why it's you know why they needed to do it because it is you know like how it kind of starts and I like that you're kind of you're thrown into it immediately and you know exactly why Spencer Tracy's there you know roughly really what the movie's going to be you know what is going to happen either you know he's going to it's going to be yes or no he's going you know what I mean you kind of know ultimately where this is going to end not exactly what's going to happen but you kind of know you're just not entirely sure what's going to happen in the court and you know it's it's interesting in that way but um there is an awful lot of kind of like at the start where they kind of have to set everything up very very quickly so there's an a lot of exposition of like the two um, American guys kind of like showing him a house and everything and it's like you know there's but the same William time William Shatner yeah so weird um, <laughs> not overacting I like. didn't I didn't realise it was him until I, I knew that he was in it because I saw him in the credits and I was like right and then afterwards I was like oh that was him okay very very briefly but um uh, but at the same time I, I understand why those that element of it is there because you know even even for like audiences in 1961 when you're not that far from the war you still need to be able to explain what you know exactly what was going on at this time so um didn't necessarily it wasn't a massive problem but um we'll get to we'll get to the problems um what i think works so well about this film and what was my my favorite thing about it and why Jesus you're jumping the gun saying your favorite well not my favorite thing but like this is one of the things I liked about it was um well it's not this is not a very specific thing I like this is a very broad kind of like just the the way the movie is laid out and I liked that this film is incredibly murky and at no point does this feel like the American heroes coming in to like you know, save the German people from themselves and to also punish the German people at the same time for what they did to each other in their country. Like, although that's sort of like the standpoint of the um, the uh, prosecutor, at the same time, he's not portrayed as this all-American hero. Like, and you really see it in, not just the scene where he's like plastered drunk, but the scene where he goes to try and badger the witness you know, like he, he's not a hero. He's, he also has PTSD yeah, from like the, the war. Yeah, like the man is the man is a wreck. Like you see, even from like his opening statements, the man he's spitting. He's you know he's raving almost. And obviously, you could level that at the the um, the German uh, defense attorney as well. And he he's obviously as as. But you know, it's at the same time. This is the kind of trial that warrants that kind of. Um, like not even just in the movie, but in the trial, it warrants that amount of emotion and amount of like passion from each person. And even the the, the German uh, attorney keeps saying, "Oh, this case is too emotional to be brought up in the court." Yeah. And then when it is brought up, yeah, he he already recognized that he was gonna yeah, have to knew, get worked up. Yeah, he knew what he was gonna have to do, and that's the other thing as well is that like he is a I I think um the portrayal of the Germans isn't kind of universally well handled. I'm not... 
the character of Ye- um, Yanning, Yanning, I think is slightly problematic, and we'll get to like the ending and stuff. But um, the the German attorney um, played by uh, Maximilian Schell, he's just especially when you get it like little scenes of where he goes to meet Yanning and everything, where he's kind of explaining like why he's doing it, you know, that to, to give some hope back to the German people that like, you know, that there's a future for Germany and, you know, and you really understand that a lot of what he's doing, he's not comfortable with a lot of what he's saying is not necessarily that he doesn't believe it, but he knows that he's even just the idea of saying that like, you know, we Germans, we did not know, you know, that like it's, he is is as conflicted as so like he says that the entire germany is on trial is yeah. not just yeah because it is the, uh, because the, we've the gotten case of a falling well we've orders. gotten we've gotten to the point now that we're you know we're below the level of like you know we're very like there was like goebbels etc but then even like the trials before that where they had um the coronal yeah and, you yeah. know like this is this is you're getting down to almost like the district level of prosecuting the like war crimes where like people even though they're judges and they're obviously like quite high in society they're still they're much closer to normal people so it's 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 more interesting in that regard as well that you know this is a lot it hits a lot closer to home the idea of like why people would go along with something why you would get swept in and the reasons why um, I think even kind of like the reasons why the different judges did it, you know, that they're not, they're not all, you know, some of them did it for like, there's, well, what's the character? Um, the, the guy, like, he's just, he's kind of, he's not, he's not really brilliant. He's just kind of, um, he's just evil. He's, you know, like when they're in the prison and, uh, they're having, yeah, that whole scene. (laughs) Um, I don't know if the scenes in the prison, any of the scenes in the prisons necessarily work where it's kind of like the idea of like um, portraying Yanning as like this, you know, he's so stoic and like then we have this kind of the other crazy guy who he's just like, you know, oh, we could never have, we could never have logistically killed so many people. And then he just kind of leans back and it's like Nazi jail lols. And he's like, he's like, we could never have done this. And the guy's just there like eating his lunch, just like, yeah, we could have. It's not killing them that's the problem it's just the disposal of the bodies and you're like this is all very casual isn't it <laughs> you know just well like for mm. for that kind of but I, th- I think it's accurate for the the character that portrayed there yeah because if you uh, if you read a lot about um how the camps were run it was a business and i think yeah. it's the way that they had to fool themselves into like the way that they had to make themselves believe or yeah. how to think about human life that it is just a process that you have to yeah. do this and then that and then this so i think that it was quite accurate to have that that it's not yeah a, i don't know if it was crackling villain it's just yeah. somebody that yeah. it was like the the actual logistics it would have yeah, been but... different what's the other two options there would be for that information to be given would be either that the guy is like a crackling maniac laughing yeah or that he's a completely repentant person that's like i can't believe that Repugnant. we did it and i helped or it. yeah well in the way that yanning is yeah um but yeah i did i do like that um they're they are there there's mixed you know what i mean like it, it's not it's not black and white why they made the decisions in the way that it happened in real life that like the incrementally the system became more and more infle- like infected by you know where the war and became more infected into like daily like court proceedings basically and with- also it's the fact that in the beginning you you'd think oh this is not that bad i'll remain and i can operate from the inside to save yeah. lives or like yanning does 
But at the end is that if you had make a stand at the beginning, the system might have not gained as much control as it did. Yeah, from it's someone like it. Because I think um, the prosecutor makes that point that, you know, you were in the position to do something. You know, like you're a judge, you have power, you have, you know, and like you didn't, that you went along. Yeah, and the first uh, witness that they bring in is uh, Yanning's old um, uh, mentor. Yeah. who quit in 1935 when the Nuremberg laws came into place mm. and I think it's a oh, good um... that that scene there though whenever like the, the, the German prosecutor or the defendant he just like he just destroys him because he's like you know you read it in books and articles you know because he's like you know were you actually there and he's like oh my friends you know they were all you know he's just like but you weren't there <laughs> he just like Oh, that that character and that performance! Like he won the Oscar, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was against Spencer Tracy. That is like oh, one of the few. Yeah, that's. But you, I, I mean, as much as I like Spencer Tracy, he's kind of a little on autopilot here. I think kind of late Spencer Tracy. Like he's, like I think he, it's a good performance, but it's not, it's not doing what that what Maximin and Shell is. I think that it it is it is it's a more showy performance. I guess yeah. that you know what I mean. Like it's but more Spencer Tracy. I don't. I wouldn't say that is autopilot. Well, I think no, that okay, is perfect that's, in that's, the um, to the yeah. fact that he's like from backward Mainz, retired yeah. kind of just uh, yeah. widower. And I think he does do like um, the fact that he is conflicted by the whole situation. Um, I think he does portray that quite well, and not like over, You know, it's not overly. You know, he he just he's he, he's like an he's like an old man just at the end. You know, he's in his his twilight years, I suppose. You know, and he has that kind of like old man's perspective of just kind of looking at the world, and you know, it, it's it's really interesting. I think so. Yeah, maybe I think saying um, autopilot is a bit unfair, but um, I do think the uh, the movie has um, a couple issues, but yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, overall, I think it's a very important film. Uh, to yeah. the, especially because it is like you said the, the the lower level of it's easy to make a movie about trial of Goering or Hitler or whoever yeah like it's this is way murkier because they were yeah. breaking the law by following the law kind of thing yeah and that's the thing is like um, what, like whenever they're kind of deliberating at the very end where he's like you know kind of being loyal to international law or like being loyal to your country law like it's you know like the ultimately really that is it's that it's that conflict is what the whole thing is about that it's and it, yeah I think that as well it's not necessarily that your allegiances are, are, are swinging but it's it's your opinion of whether or not you can actually prosecute this in court swings around throughout the at least for me anyways it swings yeah. around as you're watching it throughout the whole like throughout the court proceedings and throughout like um his kind of interactions with like um uh dietrich and everything like i think actually she's one of the, she's one of the best um aspects of like the the outside world and I think like because he's not really in it that much, but just like his few little encounters with her, I think like I think she's brilliant. Yeah, and like, I love that scene when they're walking and they can hear the song coming in yeah, from the bar so and Germans just in the love background. To sing. Yeah, yeah, um, I, and even just like their little conversations and everything, and and how he kind of starts to sort of warm to her, but you know at the same time is like I love that scene as well whenever he's um, whenever he's talking to um, the couple in the house. 
Yeah. And uh, just kind of, you, you know, and he's just trying to slowly draw it out of them and how they're just like, oh, we hate it, we hate Hitler, we knew nothing, we knew nothing. You know, how every German that he encounters, like, obviously they're like, uh, not the same, like they're a lower class and say like Marlene Dietrich's character where she was obviously kind of like her, the aristocracy almost, like she was, like, they were very wealthy and, uh, you know, her husband was like high up in the army and everything. But, um, you know, everyone that he talks to at some point eventually comes out with, we hated Hitler. I hated Hitler. I didn't want to go over it. Like, like, even, they offer it up even before he even probes them about it. You know what I mean? That it's yeah, like, like... he's asking how it was to live under yeah, Hitler. Yeah, and they're and just they like, go, no, no, you, you know what I mean? It's like that defense that even, you know, because it's still, it's still so fresh. Like, this is what, 48? Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, the, 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 the scars aren't even beginning to heal. But um, I love that little scene. Like, I think it's just great. That, yeah, and, the, and, and it is nice that he kind of, he's seeing the different people, like different aspects of German life. Like, not just the kind of like bourgeois, like, you know, when he's going out to the fancy parties and everything. You know, that it's, you kind of, it, it sort of reminded me a bit of Ida as well. And kind of like the, obviously Ida said a lot later, but like the aftermath of, of war and how a place like rebuilds itself and stuff and how in order for Germany to rebuild itself it had to kind of lie to itself in a way and that's kind of what and the Cold War was kind of an easy distraction yeah, of that, that yeah that's that was really I, I, I thought that was interesting how they bring in the Cold War as well and, and like the kind of cold like like uh almost like the bureaucratical thing of where um What's the prosecutor's... Um, yeah, one of the, the generals. Uh, yeah, because he's a colonel, isn't he, the prosecutor? Yeah. Yeah, so like the, the general or whatever is just like, you know, we need to wrap this up and we need it to be favourable for the Germans because we need the Germans on side, basically. The war is over, but the next war is coming. In in that scene, the Richard Widmark went, why do we fight the war if we're yeah. going to do this? And your man cuts him off going... Uh, d don't you uh, forget who you're talking to yeah. and I thought that he was pulling rank and then he goes I was in uh, in Dachau when we liberated it with yeah, you they were together yeah. so it's kind of the, the way that two people take an event completely different uh, Richard Wedmark it's clearly uh, has haunted him and his way of dealing with it is try to put in jail as many people as you think yeah, that are responsible. Somebody, somebody has to pay, you know, that as if putting these men in jail takes back anything, really. You know, that, that but for him, he's just, but he's gotten to such a point because he's, he's prosecuted a few of them at this point. Yeah. You know, he, he, he needs this. It's like, it's, it's the band-aid that he thinks will work, you know, that you can somehow undo the, <laughs> the horror, but, um, yeah, I think uh, just uh, coming back to that every performance in this movie, uh, with one exception, I think that are is great. Mm -hmm. Even the actors that come in for one or two scenes, there's layers to to the performance that it's not very sixties. It feels a lot more real than mm. what especially Hollywood movies would make. For example, like Montgomery Clift coming in for that scene, I think that he's very good. Yeah. That um, was kind of one of the performances I had a bit of a problem with. Well, like if you see even uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, uh, yeah, performance, I thought about that of... a lot actually. Of um, like how at the end of that movie, and that that's really like it's it's horrifying. It's one of the strongest parts of the movie, and it's kind of one of the aspects of the movie that they kind of like gloss over until that. Well, point. we're talking about imitation game. Yeah. Yes. But um, that, like, at the end, he's completely broken, and he's it's a really good performance as well. It's one of the stronger parts of that movie because I think, I think that movie's a bit 
yeah pedestrian yeah <laughs> But, um, uh, but yeah, like I think that like if you progress back to the style of acting in the 60s, Cliff's yeah, performance yeah. is not that different. I think that is important to keep in mind when you think about like a lot of the criticisms I have of this movie. I, I can understand them because it is 1961 as well. And that, you you know, and that it is, you know, they're obviously getting an awful lot of stars as well. So I don't know, like, if a lot of these decisions are from the studio or, or whatever. You know, I know the actors took huge pay cut. They just because the, the play had come out as a like one hour piece mm. in Playhouse 90 mm. when they knew that the movie was going to be made they all wanted to be part of it so like Judy Garland didn't get one tenth of what she used to get yeah. and her performance is great you, you know yeah, she's very that good. she's giving socks uh, but like the director uh, Stanley Kramer he's uh, one of those great directors that just faded into history yeah, like he did a lot of issue movies at the time yeah like he did the inherit the wind that is another great courtroom drama that is about a teacher it's teaching evolution in the bible belt and they take her to court because the pta wants uh, what year was this? that was like the 50s jesus and he did guess who's coming to dinner which is a comedy but it's also like about racial relationships yeah, in america yeah. Jeez, this is like he did a mad 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 world that is about greed he also did on the beach that is about the nuclear holocaust so basically like every um <laughs> every topic that we still find incredibly irrelevant today he made a movie about it in the 50s and 60s yeah when it was really relevant at that obviously time. it's relevant then but like yeah i never thought that i was gonna watch this movie as a topical movie uh, yeah. because I, it was one of the movies that got me to start studying about world war ii like seriously yeah. I watched it when I was fairly young and I was not expecting it to be as long, especially with the ads. Yeah. So it ended up being like four hours, but uh, I was just uh, hook, line and sinker fucking uh, it held my attention. Yeah, no, it does suck you in. Like, But what it did to me was realize that it's not just uh, baddies and good guys. Yeah. And that it's something that you need to really delve into to understand. I don't think that it's a movie that well, not one movie could explain no, everything, but no, it's a no, good but... uh, in, let's say, to yeah. to understand what happened. The The idea that not all the people that did terrible things were bad people yeah. beforehand is not... like The the only performance that I had an issue was the, the judge that is a really pro-Nazi. And I think it's because he was a German actor who fled uh, oh, I the think Nazis. I read that. Yeah. Which one was he? The the baldy guy that he's uh, he uh, Did he have glasses? I think so. If you yeah. be the the one in the prison scene that you were mentioning that he was like, "Oh, the world will realize that we were right when the Russians tried to take over the world." <laughs> yes. What is uh, your 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 major issues first of all? Let's address them. One of the things that kind of annoyed me was, and at the same time I can't understand why they did it, was kind of the way they dealt with language in the courtroom scenes. And how, obviously, because, you know, like, they have the headphones and everything, which I think happened in the real court cases as well, which makes sense because it is, it's bilingual. So, um, but how, obviously, like, the German witnesses or whatever are talking in German, but they're talking in English. So, to you know what I mean? Like, to avoid subtitles, I guess. And even though, like, they kind of set it up at the start where they have, like, little booth... Um, but like, there's a few shots where you can see the person talking in English, but you can also see that the translators in the background talking, and it's like, ah. And I just started like, even after a while, I kind of just uh, like kind of ignored it. But it it, it kind of made me think of how whenever they remake 
foreign language films in America how you know inexplicably they'll still set it in the country and yet populate it with English speaking actors and just give them accents yeah. you know what I mean and even though I completely understand why they do it and it's it's well executed it's not it's not sloppy it's, it's well done it just kind of annoyed me a little bit but they still the the that style in the sense of like the zoom in to oh yeah well that's another in the red uh, hunt for the red october they did the same because obviously sean connery and sam neo can't speak russian (laughs) for an entire movie (laughs) yeah the the zooms um because what's interesting is like a lot especially the courtroom scenes like i think that a lot of this is really well shot just the use of like and it's because it's quite a tight space that they're working in i don't yeah. know if that was meant if that's accurate if if the courtroom was small or, or what because obviously like i don't know where you know exactly but it's not i think you it, don't get it wasn't like, like um, a massive courtroom it was just symbolic y- yeah. because it was the one where yeah so they sat you know in. what i mean it, it doesn't have that kind of thing of um say even in like to kill a mockingbird say like that's not a very big courtroom but it's very high ceilings and you have a lot of natural light coming in this is very enclosed and it feels like everyone is very very close together even how like the the judges are very close you know what i mean it doesn't feel um it doesn't have that kind of wide expanses like the there's no scenes of kind of like the the attorneys kind of like strolling around in space that you see an awful lot in courtroom dramas so this kind of felt different because because it is such a tight space they've kind of shot it accordingly where you've got like um say like the german guy like him kind of at the very very foreground and then you can just see them in the background and you're they're constantly moving and the way like when the that creates subtlety because yeah. you get the reaction on the person that you want to have the reaction from. Yeah. But without cutting away from yeah. the performance of Maximilian Schell in this case because yeah. he's amazing. In oh, it. I just, I love that there's so many little, um, like, back and forth. It's not even that they're, a lot of time, they're not even talking to each other, the two attorneys. They're sort of talking to each other, but not really most of the time. They're kind of talking through the judges and then also through the translators. So it's like, you know, and it's just like these quick little biting little, you know, and it's oh, it's what brilliantly it, it done. Did sell In the... a very tight little frame, like, they're right beside each other. What I, it did sell for me the, the English translation, even though I would have preferred uh, if it was in German, mm. but is that they hold up throughout the movie the them waiting for the translation yeah, to come in. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Like, it's very consistent. It's yeah, not... well, that's what I mean, that it's not, they don't, they don't do it badly. It's well executed. It just, it's just a little thing that kind of annoyed me, but it's still, I understood why it was there. Um, kind of in the way that like when they're driving along at the start and it's like so like but it's, it's 1961 so you know why it's like back you know the projection the, the back, back you know but it's I mean? weird because it's when really it, shaky though it, it, yeah because it's actually like footage that they got from like newsreels it's not that they went and shot that and then yeah. put it on the mm, okay. the projection but it did it, like it's amazing though that it's the 1960s and German it, like this town in Germany it's still destroyed to bits like yeah. not reconstructed because don't think the movie the movie was oh, quite small like budget that you could reels, destroy kind of thing newsreels from 1961 or 1960 or whatever yeah but like it, when they're just walking around the town or uh, even driving okay. yeah. when it's not newsreel footage, it's like, where did they shoot that mm. uh, to, to make it look destroyed? Because it is not special effects. Yeah, you wouldn't know just if the it was special effects. the massive piles of rubble and stuff. 
Yeah. Especially because the 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 rocks that they use for the prison are so fake that you know the <laughs> the rest is real because otherwise yeah, it will look really, equally fake. That, that's the thing is that so much of this is done so well considering the year as well, or even just like it was done now. So like loads of this is done so well that then whenever you get those little very like dated things that it's like oh <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's like. <laughs> the kind of thing like you know when you see people with like my old mobile phones you're like ha 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 you know it's like it's all you know things are like just little tropes within how things are shot and stuff that are that just immediately date things or like the know? editing more than anything that oh, it just yeah, doesn't yeah. cut like especially in the beginning yeah, that is just a lot of like really silly fades as well but you know you forgive it because it's 1961 or because this film is so strong anyways that it's it's very yeah. engrossing. That I yeah. think that's the the word that I thought about. Yeah. Even though I watched really, it was really weird because I watched it with Spanish subtitles. What? Because I didn't speak English when I watched it. Oh, the first I thought time. you meant when you watched it for the podcast. I was like, <laughs> no, hablo inglés. <laughs> You've been doing a remarkably good impression of um <laughs> This is actually um this is not Ricardo's real voice. Um we actually have a translator and Ricardo's in another room and he speaks into his ear and uh yeah the, the guy does quite a good um Ricardo impression. That's that, that explains the dodgy accent, like the made up accent he has. Uh, but um yeah, that it was weird because I didn't realise that the language had shifted the first time, so that zoom made no sense uh, to me. Ah, okay. Because English sounded exactly the same to than German in my <laughs> uh, uncultured ears oh. uh, but uh, the the other thing that I was going to ask you is, um, about is uh, the the portrayal of um, of actual trial and uh, what do you think of uh, if you if you take the war out of it yeah do you think it works as a trial movie or it needs the the specter of the war behind it to be able to to carry it yeah, I think it does because kind of to the point of like whenever they show the the like the liberation is DACA, isn't it? That they're because it's from when it's yeah, it's yeah, a like couple it's, concentration camps, but yeah, like, the, like the beginning uh, of the footage is DACA because that's where Richard Widmark had like been. to the point at which whenever they show that, I was kind of like, ah, no, did you need that? You know, like it's kind of it in the way that like it's kind of important to the case. But at the, at the same time, it's like, you kind of understand where the German guy is like, you know, how how could you allow him to bring, you know what I mean? Like, this is going to elicit emotion and whatever. But like, I think that even if you'd taken that out of it, it still it still would have worked, you know what I mean? As the actual yeah. courtroom aspects of it. I actually wanted to ask you about that footage. Um, so this is like 1961. And I was thinking of like how shocking, obviously it's always going to be shocking, but how shocking that would have been to American audiences at well, that point there was a french documentary uh made 10 years after the war called night and fog yeah which was a, it was the fir- one of the first times that they they used a lot of at uh, the newsreel footage that the american soldiers uh, got from the camp liberations yeah and that was well five years before this movie came out was that widely seen uh, well, it was Oscar nominated, I think, okay. but I don't think that people went to the cinema to watch Night yeah. and Fog. But I don't know even how widely seen this film was at the time. So I don't know. I was just wondering because as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder how would that have been? Well, it would have been shocking because it, it, it kind of would have been very shocking for the, the way that it, it was done in the movie. Yeah. Because it, it, they did show newsreel footage of the camps during the end of the war as a newsreel, like before a picture that 
uh, if you remember going to cinema in the 40s you mm, had like yeah. your b picture your a picture but before you had cartoons a serial mm. uh news people had a lot of free time so they would have known about it and there would have been things around but i don't think that there was any hollywood pictures mm, yeah that, that's that what i mean in. that this is kind of a you know with really really big actors and yeah it's kind of interesting i was wondering about that and as well it's the fact that most of the audience would have been like in the mid 30s to watch a film like this and most of them would have been in the war yeah, as well yeah that's a good point actually yeah uh, the other question i was gonna have for you it's uh did you get how influential this movie is especially for something like jfk that literally borrows everything on how it shoots the troll i didn't think of jfk actually but yes i did think a lot about it as i was watching it i was just like hmm even just like the way the um obviously like you know movies didn't invent the way that you know people present a case but the way that how someone presents a case in a film you know what I mean and like how like because of cinema I suppose people are you know most normal people are not if they're lucky don't get involved in any you know court proceedings in their life but and yet people know how trials work because you know we've seen so many cinematic and televisual um and like uh, within literature as well, portrayals of how, uh, you know, how they actually work from like, you know, you, everyone has the concept of like cross-examination and even things like, you know, how they present their opening statement and how, how everything, you know, like it, that it's almost kind of like a, like a trial is like a narrative in a way. So um, um, I, I can see how this kind of, not that, because this is obviously like, it's, not, it's 1961, this doesn't establish the idea of how you know like it's not the first movie with a courtroom scene in it you know what i mean it's but, not the first movie by stanley kramer no exactly <laughs> but uh you can see in certain ways how this is definitely influential uh, what i liked about it as well it's how often they pause for procedure mm. and it made it even more real than like waiting to be handed something or waiting for you know like you get to see like the wheels of the entire court working or when the the lawyer would say something that he shouldn't say that they get stopped and yeah or or even how a lawyer's trying to go in one direction that doesn't quite pan out so because there's one i can't remember what he's it's quite near the start where um the german guy he he tears up what he's been I can't remember what his point is, but he hasn't quite landed it. So he goes back and takes a little, he takes a pause and then, you know, kind of backtracks and then kind of comes at it from another, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're getting the whole process. And I love how, like, how each lawyer also worked so differently yeah. that Richard Widmark is just like, I'm going to scream. Oh, and... He's just manic. Even how he, whenever he comes up and he leans right in as well, he's really like, he's right in there and you're like, he's just very aggressive. Like, I think you really understand why, um, Spencer Tracy has respect for for the German guy because he he has a delicacy about it even though he becomes quite forceful at times he has even the way like he's even just like the language he uses but in the end he's like oh I, I've admired your use of logic and yeah but this is this, this is not about logic even uh, just going back to like JFK it always remind me because of the use of the film footage <laughs> funny, I didn't think because this is a pruder film it would have been shown the first time in a courtroom like this movie would have shown the Oh, the that's footage. a good tie-in, actually, yeah. And the so kind of the shocking... Back into the left and the reaction of the judges closing their eyes and yeah. stuff. Uh, the other question I was going to have for you is, like, how important do you think is the decision to make one of the jurors one of the main characters as well? Because usually when you have a trial movie, the lawyers would be the main characters. Yeah. And in this case, is the 
the juror that is the, arguably the main character, even though it's a very, very much a assemble piece. Mm. But if you had to pick one main character, it would be Spencer Tracy. Yeah, it's uh, kind of all, it's, it's kind of circling around him. Like, it's kind of his, you know. Yeah, and it's weird for a film of this type to have the the juror as mm. the main character. And I think, but I think as think? well, this is one of the things, another one of the reasons why it's it's I, it's good that this film is three hours long because you're able to give, even though Spencer Tracy is the main character, you're still able to give enough time to, you know, kind of the other major players in it. You know what I mean? That like you see them outside of the courtroom as well. And you can't, you know, like they're given more development and even Yanning as well. Because um, I copped on quite early that like, oh, you know, it's all about Yanning really, isn't it? That like he's he's an important um, kind of aspect of it. He's the most important player really. But um it's Because I think, if you um, can judge a man like Yanning, yeah. it's because the others have flaws, even though only one is truly evil. One yeah. is kind of... But you can see, I think I think it's good. I think it's it's an interesting choice. And you're right that it isn't necessarily something that you see as much. Like a lot of the time, judges are given such a like, a, they're almost like aloof within, you know what I mean? Because they're just such, they're so above what's happening because like that's the way they have to be portrayed it's the way they're in real life that they're so, well, supposed to be above what is happening that they're supposed to look at it impartially but i think because this is about um like judges judging judges basically that it, it makes sense and it works within the story that he is the main character because he can identify with the people on trial even more than you know, just as a as a human being, you know what I mean. And he and even like whenever the the witness is the is a judge as well, it's it's interesting that you kind of get to see his thought process, not just when he has to sit quietly in the courtroom and you know he doesn't show emotion, he's just like calmly observing everything. But you get to see him in the outside world and kind of how maybe he's processing it. You know, it's he you see him processing it the whole way through rather than like. Just, I like that there's not a big long deliberation at the end where it's like, you know, where he has to like go for a run to think about like. Well, like know? he probably wouldn't fucking make it back to the court. <laughs> no, but you, you know that that fucking trope that annoys me so much. People running in films to work things out. But, but I, um, I do love the fact that when they're. Does JFK have a running scene? Yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> no. No. I I'm not sure, but you know what I mean. Um, you, you know, like you, there isn't a big thing at the end where he's really trying to like grapple with it. Like you see him grappling, but really he's been grappling all along, and I think that's kind of. Um, and, and I do like that the starting position is that he says that the uh, the prosecution has to absolutely prove that Ernst Young was responsible. Yeah. Because otherwise he wouldn't. Uh, sorry, Young. I was like Ernst Young. <laughs> um, <laughs> That Yanning was responsible, otherwise he wouldn't uh, convict him. Yeah. And I think that uh, it's important to have that for the chef to work. Mm. Um, also, like that he walks around and truly tries to understand yeah. uh, a, a Germany, like you were saying before, that it's not just a simple case of just doing your it's job. It's not a Jewish revenge movie. You know? Yeah. Like Stanley Kramer, somebody. Uh, Asked him like, why are you bringing back uh, German guilt? Because even though the movie, it's the movie, it's still made mm. during the Cold War. So and Germany was separated, Berlin was separated at the stage. Yeah, and it's not long after like all the shit from Bridge of Spies happened, <laughs> yeah. etc. And they went like, oh, why did you make that movie? And he said the Germans should have made it, but since they, they are didn't. not making yeah. it, I had to make it. Yeah. The story needed to be told. 
Yeah, and I, I, I do think it's one of the, the, the most even kill movies. Uh, mm. If you're dealing with something as complex uh, but as emotional as they mention all the time, yeah, uh, as what happened in World War Two in Europe, mm. uh, I think that it would have been a lot easier to to make a John Wayne kind of job on it. Yeah, and patriotic yeah. because America doesn't come out nowhere. Like it doesn't come out with clean hands whatsoever in no, this movie. Definitely not. I think that's the strength of it. You know. And also having the main character as a juror, what it did was uh, it avoided that scene. He's not a juror. He's a... Oh, yeah. Sorry. The judge. <laughs> yeah. A, a, I was like, why judge. are you saying juror? When you initially asked me that question, I was like, huh? <laughs> I'll just say judge now and you, you can copy and paste every time that I said juror. Um, I will not. But is the fact that it, they don't need to have that scene that is my pet peeve in crime dramas. Sorry, mm-hmm. courtroom dramas. That is the lawyer speaking to a friend or another lawyer about the importance of the trial. Yeah. And how they have to play it to win. That you never have like a versus kind of thing. It's not this side versus that side because the main character is the judge. Yeah. Very good. Um, Yeah. And I think as well that obviously um like the prosecutor he's probably you know he's he was in the war he fought in the war like i see like spencer tracy was obviously too old to fight in the war so he's like he was in the first world war so he understands uh, yeah, the but, the yeah. change of what was the post-war one mm. and the the effect of post-world war two let's say yeah but he he's kind of because obviously like they took him from he was like a district judge or whatever um you know he's been taken into this so he's kind of he has the outsider view kind of how we have the outsider view so we're kind of like brought not even just that it's 2017 but even like if you know as irish people or as americans or whatever like we're not we weren't there so it's you're kind of you're being brought into the movie through him which i think is, is why him kind of being the main character is good as well and uh what was your favorite thing about the movie um probably maximilian uh shell's performance um i think he I mean, there's a lot of things i like but i he just he really stands out as in, in a movie that has a lot of very good performances i think he stands out you know what's funny about maximilian shell yeah for years i thought that he was dead and when he appeared in the brothers bloom when we were watching the, that movie what? i absolutely freaked the shit out because i thought that he, is he in He's like the, the, the mentor that shows up at the end of it. That has like oh, the beard and stuff. Oh my god. Uh, oh, that's appear- so weird. Oh my god, I never knew that was the same guy. Jesus. Crazy time. And, uh, but I thought that he had died when yeah. we saw that movie. And I was like, oh my Jeez, god. Yeah. This guy looks exactly like Maximilian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it turns out there was him. And I was like, what? He came back from the grave? <laughs> Um, just for that one brother brother's bloom performance yeah like it's uh his uh i think this and john capitor's vampire is uh, his best performances <laughs> Jeez, this guy is everywhere i never knew this dude um like <laughs> oh, he's so handsome as well he was in oh my god he's so handsome i did think that a lot even though he's very sweaty on this um <laughs> he's in a bridge did, too far i did well. kind of like even um obviously in in their they have different roles like the German guy he's not in the army so obviously this is like the army prosecuting so um, you know it makes sense where the American guy is in his like you know dress 
the uniform or whatever. But um, at the same time, I do like that Max Shell is like little kind of, it's almost like velvet little like robes and he just looks so smart. You know? <laughs> he looks like somebody playing like a king in a cheap <laughs> performance of a Shakespeare play, like a regional theatre kind of job. Yeah. Um, uh, my favourite thing is, um, I think the the care the movie takes to to make the the issue clear but at the same time um, make sure that the audience realizes that it's a gray area yeah, not to try and simplify it to that black is and it, white. it simpl- simplifies it at the end but it's the crux of yeah, it yeah the, the ending the very very ending is you didn't like that's it that's my least favorite thing yeah okay uh, mm. why where he like goes to the prison and kind of like hammers it home for him and you're just about like oh did we need that you know and it's like there's another big dramatic zoom and everything as well and i was just like ah no well because i think the conversation with the lawyer is better oh yeah it's much a, better it's a yeah. much better ending than for the the point that is it's yeah, like, it's it can be logical make, but it doesn't mean uh, yeah, make like it that, right that kind of hits home way more than him kind of being like oh you know everything's fine no don't you realize what you actually did and then he's like oh, oh my god it's like what it's like oh you didn't think it would come to this and you guys came to this yeah, the first time the that first you sentenced time, somebody yeah. you knew was innocent it's but, like you could still it doesn't work for me because you feel like he's already grasped that concept whenever he's giving his speech and yeah you know it's like uh, i didn't need that but um i love that scene though when they, they have the when he stands up to make the speech and the two lawyers like swap <laughs> side it's like let him speak and the other I is know, like no yeah. he's not in control of his senses <laughs> oh god yeah well um, what was I, your uh least favorite thing i do agree just uh, to go back on that i do mm. agree that it's not the most especially compared like i said the, on the simplicity of the movie not simplicity the the complexity of the movie yeah throughout that is the one time that it makes it black and white yeah i not a great fan at that moment mm. but i think that the performances are so good at that moment that it kind of like i let it pass let's say yeah but his makeup kind of was weird as well port lancaster's yeah yeah because he looks like for uh, he looks like him in Field of Dreams, but <laughs> with just, less it's, dignity. It's a bit weird, and even whenever it's like, you know, black and white or whatever, it, yeah, it did just it didn't quite. It was a bit weird. Port Lancaster yeah. always had this like weird thing that he blinks with one eye and not with the other, and it's so distracting. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Ricardo <laughs> just blinked with one eye there into the microphone. Um. <laughs> I'm doing a Richard Gere performance. Can you hear me blinking? Um. Uh, my least favorite thing, I think, is uh, including the Nazi character in it. Yeah. Like, no, that Nazi character. Which one? Uh, the <laughs> the judge that is really over the top. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't possibly have killed all those Jews. Yeah, no, not that one. The 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 guy that oh, says yeah, that yeah, yeah. they did kill yeah, and yeah. they were right in doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's just a little bit. I don't that. Uh, Nazis like that existed, and you, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, but in a movie that's so grey, it's a bit. Yeah, like it, and as well, I think that it's like one of the losses of translation of having the uh, seventeen judges <laughs> ha- that originally were tried mm. to to uh, distill it into four judges. Yeah, they're kind of composites. Pick... 
you know yeah I know but at mean. the end the the statement at the end is completely true that none of them were serving those yeah. sentences anymore but it wasn't even really because you know obviously spencer tracy kind of knows that because when he says it to you, it's like oh i'd make you a bet you know and he's like i don't need to make the bet i know you're right but it's you know it's not really what it's about at the end of the day for him or for you know but um yeah because if he left uh, politics influence his decision he'd be doing the the same the same thing yeah exactly just to finish up, it's uh, how much did you like the movie? Because I know that uh, you, like, obviously you, you found things in the movie that you really liked, but I haven't, uh, I don't know how much you liked, let's say, because it's a hard movie. Yeah, not, it, like, you, you don't gush about you a movie can't, like this. You can't, you can't, like, you can't like this movie necessarily because it is, you know, dealing with harrowing subject matter, but, um... Uh, no, I, I I did not enjoy it. <laughs> you know the right word to... Um, you appreciate it. Yeah, I did. I appreciate it is the right word. I did appreciate it. And I it, it does feel a lot shorter than it is, um, which is always a strength of, of something when things start to go from three hours to... Yeah, when you Mac text me, oh, yeah, are, are we watching the three-hour version? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, seeing as we had a mishap one time. Um, um, <laughs> but uh, that was um, Judgment at Nuremberg. Thank you, Ricardo. Interesting, topical, uh, troubling. <laughs> Scary. It's a, it, it was yeah. a, It's almost like a horror movie these oh, days. God almighty, yes. Things things that were once just entertainment are now becoming... Like the Americans is also another thing that you kind of look at it and you're like, ha ah! The TV show or oh. the actual Americans? <laughs> <laughs> both. Um, both. Both. Uh, so, Karen, what's, what's next week's movie? And next week's movie is a special guest. Yes, we have a special edition and, uh, from, an, from, guest a, from, an avid, uh, from an avid listener and friend of the podcast. So uh, next week's movie will be uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is a Canadian uh, crowdfunded sci-fi movie. So yep. looking forward to, <laughs> to seeing what the fuck that's about. There are a lot of genres out there. And... Um, uh, if you want to write to us, you can find us on at the Rec Game on Twitter, the Recommendation Game on Facebook, and email us at the Recommendation Game at gmail dot com. I was Orla McGinnis, and I was still am, and hopefully will be Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week.